Welcome to the Wayzata Free Conversations podcast. In this episode, Andrea Habeisen, pastor of prayer and worship programming at Wayzata Free, has a conversation with Dan Jacobson, who serves with the Justice House of Prayer in Washington, D.C., and Carol Madison, director of prayer ministry at Hillside Church in Bloomington and editor of Prayer Connect magazine, about making space for God through food fasts. So I am Andrea Habeisen, and at Wayzata Free Church, I am the pastor of prayer and worship programming. And today we have two people joining us. We have Carol Madison. Carol, would you introduce yourself? Hi, yes, thanks, Andrea, for having Dan and me on. Uh, yes, I, I direct the prayer ministries at Hillside Church in Bloomington. And I also edit a prayer magazine. It's a national magazine called Prayer Connect. And I guess over the years, I've kind of just been involved in a variety of prayer activities and events around the Twin Cities and uh, have enjoyed being a part of the prayer community. And our second guest is Dan Jacobson. Dan, would you be willing to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm Dan, and uh, I grew up in Wyzetta Free, as a matter of fact. Started going there when I was in third grade. It was just the other day. And uh, currently now with my family, I live in Washington, D.C., part of the Justice House of Prayer. And I uh, have been here for the last several years. And so, yeah, I've been a part of different prayer ministries uh, leading up to this point, but that's where we are now. And so that's what we're doing. So cool. Well, today we want to talk about prayer and fasting. And fasting is one of those spiritual disciplines that uh, if you haven't tried yet, uh, is just, again, it's another way to draw near to God and give space for God to speak into your life. And so, Dan, could you just tell us a little bit about um, how you've used fasting as a spiritual discipline or how you got involved in fasting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first fasting experience, as a matter of fact, was part of Wyzetta Free. When I was in the youth group, we did this thing called the 30-hour famine. And uh, it was a very unique experience to help connect our, uh, our experience to uh, a child that was like adopted for the experience so that we could just kind of relate to what it would be like to be hungry because that was so not our typical experience as kids, especially in youth group and uh, in the suburbs of the Twin Cities, never really experiencing hunger. And so doing that and connecting it with prayer was, it was the beginning of something. I wouldn't say that would be the beginning of my discipline of fasting, uh, but I would say when I first started getting into ministry in 2006 was when fasting started to become more of a, a regular thing, a, a discipline on a weekly basis, and then um, periodic times of uh, special occasion that would be an extended uh, fast and was met with it and continues to be met with all sorts of things because there is something so powerful to it. And yet it's so intensely practical and uh, grading on my personal desires and preferences. So, um, but yeah, so overall it, it has been a tremendous uh, escort into something far beyond myself. Uh, so, so I'll leave it at that for now. How about for you, Carol? Well, I, I tell you what, the first time I ever fasted was probably about 30 years ago. And I knew nothing about fasting. I didn't know anyone who had fasted. It just simply was not a discipline that was taught in my church that I was at all familiar with. But I was driving, I was on a road trip and I was, I was crying out in prayer for a friend who was in crisis. And I remember saying, God, I don't know what else to do. If there was anything else to do, I would do it. 
And I heard in my head, I heard his voice say, you could fast. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm holding, you know, like a little Whopper candy in my hand <laughs> and I hear it. And I, I just was so profound. I put it down and I just, I like immediately started this fast, but I didn't know anything about fasting. So I went for like three days without any eating or, you know, I think I had a little water and I, and so I went to a Christian bookstore and I pulled off all the books on prayer off the shelf. And I turned to the table of contents and looked for the chapter on fasting and only a couple of them even had anything on fasting, but I just started reading and I'm like, what am I doing here, God? What is this? What is this about? And so, you know, I learned some things like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like juice would be okay to have, you know, oh, okay, I can add juice into it. And then in one of the books I read, milkshakes don't count. And so I was really disappointed about that. But um, I, so I, I just, I, I completed that fast. It was a, it was a seven day fast. So I knew God was calling me to a week. Um, I didn't read the whole chapters though, um, because I'm sure at the end, they probably said how not to break a fast. And, um, I did that wrong. So if you've been fasting for seven days, don't just throw a steak on the grill and load up at the end. So I really just learned by just diving into it without knowing anything about it. But then, you know, God just continued to take me on a journey, um, of learning more about fasting and being involved in more fasts and corporate fasts. I do remember telling the Lord, please, please, please don't ever, ever call me to a 40-day liquid fast because I can't do that. <laughs> and he called me to two of them in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, but God, he, he, again, if he calls you to it, he shows you how. Yeah. And he sustains you and he helps you through it. And, uh, and as Dan said, I mean, it's just a, it's a marvelous experience of going deeper with the Lord and, uh, and also experiencing breakthrough and those kinds of things that are attached to the discipline of fasting. Mm -hmm. I've learned never say never to God. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm learning that. It's coming to me. <laughs> don't, don't ask me to do such and such. is probably the thing, right? Yeah, right. Famous last words. Right. <laughs> so having, you know, uh, done some fasting through the last number of years, like how, if somebody was going to prepare to do their first fast, what, what would be some good steps? Well, the first thing I would say is um, determine that God's calling you to it. Mm -hmm. Because if he's not really calling you to the fast, then it's going to be difficult. And, you know, or, I mean, it, it probably will be difficult anyway, but it's going to be more so if you're truly not called to it. And then I, I tell people, the second thing is determine a focus. So why are you fasting? You know, is there, you know, do you have a specific prayer burden on your heart or are you doing it as a part of um, your church as a corporate kind of a thing? Or do you just want to go deeper with the Lord intimately, but, but determine a purpose. And then I, I tell people too, to, to ask the Lord about what the duration of your fast is. You know, is it a one day? Is it a three day, seven day, 21 day, 40 day? Um, because if you go into the fast saying, well, I'm just going to fast for one day and maybe it'll turn into seven days, I guarantee it'll be one day. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, just up front, ask the Lord those questions. Why am I doing this? What's my focus? And how long do you want me to do this? Totally. I, I'm glad you went first. I want to just reiterate and emphasize uh, those things. Um, yes, to ask God, is this something I'm going to do? Especially, you know, even with the church giving an invitation, 
that nobody would feel forced. Fasts are voluntary, uh, but volunteering in partnership with God's invitation. You know, God's not going to say you have to do this because that's, that's not love. But God has more for us. So there's always an invitation. Anything that we do is in response to what he's already initiated. Uh, one of the things that has helped me greatly is having a mindset that fasting doesn't move God. <laughs> fasting moves me. <laughs> it gives mm -hmm. my heart the opportunity to be moved more by God. Uh, fasting is a posturing of all sorts of faculties, my mental faculty, my physical faculty, the spiritual, even just my schedule. Like schedule is a massive part in fasting. And if you don't think about schedules, just like Carol said, um, you'll likely end up on a schedule that you didn't think you would be. Um, and so taking time to ask the Lord, I totally concur with what you said, Lord, what's the focus? Give me a focus. And, and actually a, vor a verse that would uh, be a, a help for anyone who's listening or considering it would be from Habakkuk chapter 2. And I, I grabbed this verse. Uh, I'll just read the first three verses. It says in Habakkuk chapter 2, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I'm corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. And so I'll take, for, for the purpose, I'll take a principle from that for the purpose of this conversation. That uh, I, having started a fast, I'll be excited. I'll be like, yes, there's lots of vision. And then two days later, I'm hungry, standing in the kitchen, and I am totally disengaged from what I started with in the first place. <laughs> and that, that's the edge of a cliff right there that I have jumped off of many a time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so to, to just reemphasize it, to, to have a focus, to even put it down before you and to refer back to it, even regularly, uh, every morning in a prayer time or specific times you set aside for prayer during the fast, revisit it. And whether you feel good during that time or all you can think about is food during that time, remember it and bring it to God's attention. And uh, I think that that does a lot. And, and my last part as far as preparing uh, on a spiritual sense would be look at, look at that schedule. You know, if you're going to be fasting food, you know, whether it's entirely fasting food or if there's something else, wherever that specific food or item that you're going to be fasting took place, Try to replace it with prayer, with focus during that time. If, if you're skipping a lunch, take the time that you would have in preparing the lunch and eating the lunch. Try to set yourself aside to be focused in that time. And that honestly is like a, a make or break deal for me in um, what I feel becoming a successful fast when I'm actually utilizing time and being purposeful with prayer, not just fasting for fasting's sake. That makes sense because if we're trying to make space for God and all we're doing is taking away yeah. and not filling that space mm -hmm. with prayer or seeking God, then we've lost, we've lost the vision really, yep. right? Totally. Um, what have you found is like, if you could say what are the spiritual uh, benefits of taking time to fast and pray? One benefit for me, um, I have find over, found over the time is, is just that benefit of breakthrough. 
you know, I, fasting is really a mystery. Um, but Jesus talked about fasting. You know, he talked about, well, you know, in this particular demonic encounter, uh, this doesn't come out except with prayer and fasting. And so there's this, this dynamic that's kind of a mystery, but, but we get indication that somehow fasting coupled with prayer takes you to a different level. Um, and so breakthrough for me is, um, is, is one of those benefits where there's something that I'm just intensely, intensely uh, asking the Lord for. And I find that that fasting brings that benefit. Um, but it also brings just a greater awareness of God. Um, you, you're aware of your own weaknesses because you're hungry and you're crabby and you're everything else. But it makes you aware of your dependency upon the Lord. In my weakness, Lord, you are strong. And so, you know, that whole, your attention is being focused back to the, the Lord in the midst of that fasting. And, and, it, and it kind of forces you to answer the question, you know, where do I go for comfort? Do I go to Jesus or do I go to the refrigerator? Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's the, that's the wrestling that you do in the midst of fasting. And it takes you deeper in your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I would agree. Um, becoming more alert to the things of God. Um, sometimes even like spiritual, but also physical, like what I don't realize when I'm doing just my normal everyday life and I'm not fasting. Um, when I go on the fast, sometimes I'll experience things like I'll wake up alert. I'll wake up before my alarm would go off. And I think that like what's going on. And in some ways, like, I'm not the person to tell you all of the physiological things that are taking place, but there is a degree of detox because you are eliminating something that you're regularly putting in. Well, I would say caffeine is probably the the easiest to discern. <laughs> if you take away your fuel source and suddenly you're running low, the battery, you know, but when you do that, things can happen. But I've also noticed that there's a spiritual component to it as well, where maybe I'm not so minded on things of the Lord throughout my day. But when I'm fasting, I will notice sometimes more often I'm, I'm think I'm more mindful of the things of God. Now, again, I, I won't say that's in, in its entirety, right? It takes a discipline to set your mind on things above. <laughs> it's really hard to stay focused on the Lord when you're, you're scrolling, you know, the headlines, <laughs> especially in today's current climate. It's hard not to feel slimed when you're looking at headlines <laughs> uh, or stay above water. But, um, but I think, you know, it, when you lean, it's a partnership when you're fasting, when you lean into that fasting, I've noticed that there, there comes the change where, where I was physically hungry and I begin to start exchanging the time and actually giving it to God. He actually produces a spiritual hunger on the inside of me. And that may come from having read the Bible um, and then suddenly reading something I'm familiar with, but it's like the words are jumping off the page at me. You know, I heard somebody say the spirit of Revelation, as it talks about in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, the spirit of wisdom and revelation is when you're reading the Bible and you've read that passage a hundred times, but you read it like you've never read it before and the words are jumping off the page to you. This is God's word being revealed. And I've noticed that happen more often and consistently more often uh, in the place of of uh, fasting uh, with prayer. And so that's definitely... Uh, a spiritual benefit that I've experienced uh, more sensitivity 
to the things of God in prayer, reading the word, even listening to, you know, a sermon or something. It's just like, again, and I won't say that's case in point, but those have been some experiences that I've had, just more of a, a sharpness to it. But I would agree too with what Carol had said, just power and, and breakthrough in prayer. And uh, if it be okay, I have a, a little thing I'd love to read from a book. Yeah, and for you. any of those listening, it's, it's a book called Shaping History Through pra Prayer and Fasting uh, by Derek Prince. And so this is a man who started an organization called Intercessors for America. He's since gone to be with the Lord. And so, but this is a, a great book. Uh, and I just want to read a, an excerpt from uh, a chapter called Fasting Intensifies Prayer. Uh, so I just wanted, as we're talking about spiritual benefits of fasting, uh, it starts saying, In Galatians 5.17, Paul lays bare the direct opposition that exists between the Holy Spirit of God and the carnal nature of man. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the other. Fasting deals with the two great barriers to the Holy Spirit that are erected by man's carnal nature. These are the stubborn self-will of the soul and the insistent self-gratifying appetites of the body. Rightly practiced, fasting brings both soul and body into subjection to the Holy Spirit. It's important to understand that fasting changes man, not God. The Holy Spirit, being God, is both omnipotent and unchanging. Fasting breaks down the barriers in man's carnal nature that stand in the way of the Holy Spirit's omnipotence. But with these barriers removed, the Holy Spirit can work unhindered in his fullness through our prayers. This is the last paragraph here. In Ephesians 3, verses, verse 20, Paul seeks to express the inexhaustible potential of prayer. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The power that works in us and through our prayers is the Holy Spirit. By removing the carnal barriers, fasting makes way for the Holy Spirit's omnipotence to work the exceedingly abundantly above of God's promises. So I just, that it, far better words than I could articulate. And, uh, but it, it does serve as a place of breakthrough for something that we're praying for, but also to the, the faculties in our own being that are, that resist God and make room for him to move. He does it. He says it so well. That's yeah, he does. <laughs> what about with, uh, corporate fasting? I, I know Carol at Hillside, you set aside time. I think it's in July every year. Correct. To fast and pray together. And Dan, I know you've done a number of corporate fasts in the different prayer, prayer moves that you've been a part of. Mm -hmm. um, how do you think that's different? And again, what does that do as a community when we fast together? We do have at Hillside, we have, we have basically three seasons of fasting. And uh, the first one is, in, for, is a week of prayer and fasting in January to start the year out. Uh, but then you're right, in July, we do a, uh, a month of prayer and fasting. We start after the 4th of July, so people aren't freaking out about their barbecues and everything. <laughs> we just give, give freedom and permission. And so we start on July 5th. But that one is a fast probably that more people are engaged with uh, and involved in. 
And there we recommend it, Daniel Fast, but we also tell people, you know, you can abstain from Facebook or social media or do whatever. For myself personally, I always do the Daniel Fast and then I abstain from television. So I do not turn on my television during the month of, of July. And uh, when we do it together, we joke about how, you know, we get toward the end of the Daniel Fast and everyone stands up for worship and has to hike their pants up, you know, because we're, because <laughs> we're, you know, together and there's something about fasting corporately that's really powerful and you can engage with one another you can pray for one another encourage one another uh, stand alongside each other and uh, it just it creates this sense of community and um, and we do a variety of prayer activities during that month as well that gather the body together to pray whether it's um, a time of prayer for healing or we do a family prayer night or just other things that that really draw our attention together that we're doing this together. Uh, and then we also do do in um, during the Lent season, uh, 40 days, we use Seek God for the City as a prayer guide and um, do some prayer and fasting during that time as well. But the, the, the July time is the best for us. And people, people always said, oh, can't you do it some other time? Not but you know what? July is the best time to do a Daniel fast because produce is inexpensive and it's abundant. And there's just a lot of real value uh, in that during that season. Can you kind of explain what a Daniel fast is? Yeah, Daniel fast comes out of um, the fast that Daniel went on um, when uh, uh, instead of eating the king's rich foods, um, he said, hey, how about we just have vegetables and let's see what happens, you know, however many days from now. And, uh, and so he was allowed to do that. And then Daniel and his friends were much stronger and, and uh, just more focused than what God had called them to do during that time. So a Daniel fast, um, I just describe it to people as, it's basically fruits and vegetables. Um, cut out meat, dairy, sweets, caffeine. I'm glad Dan brought up the caffeine thing. <laughs> I am so tired of caffeine headaches during fast oh. that, that I now, I just drink decaf coffee. <laughs> Because I just yeah. take that one off the table. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, it's just, um, uh, it, it's just kind of narrowing it down to just really healthy foods during that season. Yeah, I, uh, as far as uh, what we're kind of more regularly doing, it, it's been different at different times from the different places we've been at. But uh, we regularly fast on Mondays. Um, so we take Monday to set aside and uh, have as a fasting day. Uh, there are times where we'll talk about things, but it's more um, just kind of an incorporated element of our weekly doing. And so it's more of a personal focus and kind of a reset to the week, starting off listening to the Lord, as opposed to just carrying the traffic over from maybe the weekend or even the previous week. So it's a good resetting. But again, let, I'll always put as the disclaimer, it actually takes intentionality for that resetting because you can just plow on by what you said, Andrea, just avoiding food. And I find myself becoming more disgruntled and angry <laughs> that I'm skipping a meal when I could be eating. <laughs> but yeah. that just highlights, oh, I missed it today. My, my focus wasn't there. And so, um, but we also, uh, as a part of J-Hop, what we've been, what would typically lend ourselves to is, is kind of like a yieldedness, ready to fast when necessary. And the reason I say it that way is because we are praying um, in a concerted way for government, praying regarding the ending of abortion, and there's a number of other prayer mandates that the Lord has given us. 
And there are times where uh, something may be happening, uh, whether it's a current event or maybe somebody, and this, this is maybe for a different podcast, mm-hmm. um, may have a dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a dream that, you know, as you begin to go through it and process it, you can come to the conclusion, feel like this is a dream that God gave. Uh, and he's giving us instruction to do something about it. And so if there is a directive with it, um, again, that takes time and some processing and praying to see if there's something there. Um, that can lead us into pursuing God for more. Because a lot of times, you know, I think of it this way. You know, if the Lord speaks to us, at least my tendency, and this is me confessing here, my tendency, if, if I feel like the Lord impresses something about my heart, I may be quick and excited to go share with somebody. <laughs> but the visual that the Lord gave me one time is that's like me sitting down at a coffee shop with him and he goes, hey, it's good to see you. And I'm like, <gasps> and then I run out of the coffee shop and I go grab somebody. I'm like, he just said hi to me. <laughs> and I imagine like what the Lord highlighted, he's like, yeah, but that was not the point of us getting together for coffee. Like I had some things I wanted to share with you and I wanted to hear from you. And the purpose of us getting together was not so that you could go just broadcast that. And so that like, humbled me and slowed me down um, to realize like, no, the Lord is after something and he's after a journey, like whatever the journey is, if it's a journey through the next hour of your day, or it's a journey through the next 18 years as you raise your child or, you know, fill in the blank, you know, it just is, it's in anything. And so I'll get to the point, Dan. So the point is this, um, there have been uh, different things that the Lord has highlighted to us as a team that we have felt that there is need to basically sharpen our spiritual senses, that we would be on high alert to be able to hear what the Lord would speak to us in this time. Because I think a lot of times my tendency or others' tendency would be like, oh, I just feel like God's not speaking. And I would argue that God is speaking a lot more than I would give credit to. I just am hard of hearing. I'm dull. I maybe watched one too many movies this month. I maybe haven't gotten up as consistently and spent time with the Lord or, or whatnot. And so there are hundreds of things you could come up with that numb us and dull us and make us desensitized to our sensitivity with the Lord. Um, and so in a heightened and focused way, we sometimes we'll go, guys, we're feeling an invitation from the Lord on this. And again, with what, like Carol said, there's, there's a sense of community I would go another step, nuanced language. There's a sense of camaraderie where you're literally like, we're, we're after something together. And there is such strength in doing something with other people. What we've found um, when we're, we're fasting together, sometimes um, somebody will get something and another person will get something. And I'm sure, Carol, you've experienced this with your community where you're all getting something and you're bringing something to the table. And God's been talking to everybody. He has something to say to the, to the corporate, not the individual, but, but it's the, the speaking to the individual that contributes to the corporate. And then he takes you as a body where he wants to take you. You know, you can't every, Oh, I got to run the kids there and I got this and I got to do this. And I, I'm a late, I'm a night owl. I'm an early bird, you know, all of these things, but God can get a company somewhere. (laughs) if we're yielded to him and he can take with the little that we offer to him and he can do a lot with it. So Carol, you brought up, there is a Daniel fast, which is kind of fruit, vegetable, cut everything else out. 
what other kind of fasting is there? I, you know, like you talked about just a liquid fast or just a water fast. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a couple ways that people have been led to fast food in, you know, in general? Right. Well, and in scripture, every instance of fasting in scripture relates to food. And so I do kind of delineate between fasting, meaning food and abstaining, meaning something else. Um, but you have, um, for instance, you have the water only fast, which, you know, is, is hard to sustain over a, over a long period of time. Uh, I have actually, um, I tried this for a couple of days, no water and no food, you know, just, I was kind of curious. And um, I just did that for a couple of days. That's, that's more of an extreme and, and uh, don't necessarily recommend that. Um, there's also, you know, you can fast from sugar. You know, you can just say, okay, I'm just, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm really big on desserts and I am, I'm gonna fast from sugar for the month. Or I know a lot of people, they fast from caffeine and that really is a big deal, you know, for them to cut out caffeine. Um, so there's, there's different ways like that uh, as well to do it. Any unique ones you've heard of, Dan? Well, no, I mean, to, to echo what Carol said, not, I mean, it can get as unique and creative as, as the individual would want to. Um, but I, I agree there's the fasting, which it has that food component, but I would definitely say, you know, like if there's an area where you're giving yourself more, like if, you know, social media, not necessarily a fast, but like the word abstaining from some of these areas that we might want, might not want to admit it, but maybe have a more of a hook than we'd like to admit. And I think abstaining from that purposing, like turning it toward spending time with God is, is really beneficial for our own well-being, but definitely in a, in a spiritual way, because what we're giving our attention to, that's where our, our focus and our energy comes from. Like I just having brought up dreams earlier, I, if, if I'm more media focused, I might have dreams that are confusing and, um, you know, I might think, was that a pizza dream or what, what's going on? But when I'm spending more time in the word, or I'm more time in prayer or even fasting, it's interesting how my dreams will shift gears and they'll be more spiritual or there'll be something about the word of God. Again, again, I'm not trying to highlight dreams over anything else. I'm just using a, a vein in which I've seen the impact of, uh, of fasting. But yeah, food, whether it be totally food and you're just doing water or you're doing a Daniel fast where you're doing vegetables and, and fruits or um, just cutting out certain parts of food or Carol referenced the uh, not doing food and water uh, that is extreme. And again, not recommended unless you are feeling very strongly from the Lord and also talk to some people of wisdom in your life, you know, before embarking upon something like that. Um, but yeah, beyond that, I mean, you can get creative with what you want to cut out and do and whatnot, but I would make a suggestion, another suggestion along that line. And that is that, just kind of just get rid of any idea that, hey, I'm going to do this and this is a great time to lose a little weight. Because um, <laughs> it's almost certain that you're going to gain that back over time. So mm-hmm. you just need to cut that motivation out of your thought process and just ask the Lord, okay, why really am I fasting? Tips for first-time fasters, um, just in the consideration, like, first of all, the praying, am I to go on a fast? And Lord, what do you have for me? But also, Lord, what is the, the food? Let's say, let's say you're going to cut out meat or, or caffeine, like something that you might feel the impact of sooner uh, or more extreme if you were to just go cold turkey. I would 
look at it kind of like an airplane. Like you're coming in for a landing, you're slowing down, you're about to land and you land and then you're continuing to slow down, slow down, put the brakes on. Not necessarily like, hey, you're flying and you need to be landed like now. <laughs> like it's just, it's not the most helpful. It might be possible, but, but if you're going to, let's say just for example, you're going to go on a water fast, I would recommend uh, taking some time, maybe even a week in preparation for your start date of when you're doing water to slowly start eliminating things um, and and be be kind to your body serve your body <laughs> because you're gonna start feeling hunger and and it'll be extreme if you cut out caffeine you might have feelings of like a migraine that might be coming on so start a week in advance and go from your two cups a day down to one cup to half cup switch to decaf you know and hopefully you won't feel any headaches Hopefully you'll be able to set yourself up in, in that way. And uh, same with coming off of a fast. I would be gentle to yourself. Be gracious. <laughs> be mindful of what you've done and try to turn it into something that may actually last for the long-term health benefits too. So, well, Thank you both. Is there anything I've, that you kind of may want to make a comment about that I haven't asked you about fasting? Or? The most uh, rewarding thing about fasting is encountering God. And that's, that's what it is. It's a posturing of your heart. I would say like a posture. If you're going to take a shower, you can't get clean unless you do what you need to. And then you get into the flow. Like, and then you got to do the stuff. Like God has so much for us. And he has so many opportunities to escort us into this. And fasting is just one of those ways. Community is another one of those ways. You put the two together, you can experience amazing things. And so for those that are walking into uh, considering fasting and feel responsible, know that this is something that God initiated with you and he's inviting you into and you're not bound by it by some thing where it's pass fail. No, this is going after him and the reward is in seeking him. That just ties in with the whole making space for yeah. God. And I really glad, I'm really glad we chose that title going into it uh, to make the emphasis that, and that fasting is one way to do that. And like you said, that God has made this way. And as we draw near in that, he, like, he's in that too, right? Like, I just love how you explain that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I love how you frame that too. You know, that it's not this drudgery or this, you know, woe is me, I have to do that. You know, and Jesus warns against that. You know, don't do that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I love how you frame that as it being a delight, a delight to the Father's heart, but also a delight to us. Well, thank you, friends. It's been fun just talking about this. It gets me excited for January. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks for inviting us. It was Yeah, fun. thank you so much. This is great. You've been listening to the Wyzetta Free Conversations podcast. For more information about Wyzetta Free Church, please check out wyzettafree.org or download our app available on the App Store or on Google Play.